Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. I'm very happy that you joined us on this episode today of This Week in the Word. We're in a series entitled, What's Next? And that's not a question, that's a statement. We're looking at what's coming up next in the future of the world. This is the episode for Sunday, June 6, 2021. Now that happens to be the 77th anniversary of the D-Day invasion that defeated Fortress Europe of the Nazis, which that invasion was on June 6, 1944. It's fitting that the title of our episode today is 1-800-WARS-R-US. Did you know that China is actively attacking the United States on a daily basis? The next time you hear that there's been a ransomware attack, instead of thinking cyber criminals, which we normally would, I want you to begin to think in terms of the Chinese Communist Party's military. They have entire brigades or Uh, regiments, let's say, of intel soldiers that do nothing all day but attack the United States industries and institutions. China's military training and doctrine has the complete destruction of America as its prime directive, to use a Star Trek phrase. Chinese Communist Party drones are flying surveillance this week and in recent weeks over United States military installations and ships and its energy, food, finance, and communication industries. That ought to alarm every American and every person in the world because China's main goal is to destroy America and become the top dog in the world. Now, Russia is actively preparing to win a future military confrontation with the United States. Not to be outdone, Iran has been exposed this week as actively building nuclear weapons to use against Israel and the United States, just like smart people already knew. But now it's obvious to everyone in the world. North Korea is actively pursuing an effective ICBM nuclear bomb delivery system to reach out and touch the United States. You see, North Korea and the Chinese Communist Party, they hate America in a deeply profound way beyond anything Americans could possibly comprehend. You want me to explain that to you? I can't, just trust me. Israel, in the last two weeks, has decimated Iran and Iran's terror proxy, Hamas, just devastating attacks against them. And it's a good thing because the conservative Benjamin Netanyahu has been ousted in Israel as their leader and replaced with someone who will no doubt be weaker because both extreme parties, the right and the left, combined to oust 
Netanyahu as prime minister. So now Israel is under new, and I believe, weaker leadership. Once I watched a documentary on the History Channel, I believe, or maybe the Military Channel, and it was about Buzz, basic underwater demolition school for people who want to be Navy SEALs. These soaking wet and freezing SEALs were huddled on a beach as they watched an instructor walk to the beach and look to the horizon of the ocean. And he called out, does anybody know what I'm looking for? Nobody dared answer. And he said, I'm looking for war. Not that he wanted it, you understand, but he knew that it was coming, wanted or not. And he was preparing them to be ready for war that was sure to come. Hey, wait a minute. We have a word from the sponsor of today's episode. If you're looking for wars and rumors of wars, we've got them all in a global one-stop shop. Hot wars, cold wars, covert wars, cyber wars, tech wars, info wars, psychological wars, border wars. When you think wars, think wars are us. And soon we will roll out the war of Gog and Magog. But wait, there's more. Call 1-800-WARS-R-US before midnight and you will receive not one, but two Gog and Magog wars for the price of one. Two for one. Can you beat that? Imagine the feeling of satisfaction when you are the first on your street to have not just one, but two Gog and Magog wars. Call 1-800-WARS-R-US. Now operators are standing by, so call now. Now, obviously, that was a lame attempt at imitating commercials that we hear late at night. Can you imagine that there could ever be something called 1-800-WARS-R-US? Well, it seems like there is. Would you agree with me about that? Pastor Ed, you said something about two Gog and Magog wars. What are you talking about? Well, the last Gog and Magog war is in Revelation 20, verses 1 through 10, and it comes after the thousand-year kingdom of Jesus Christ over planet Earth, a literal thousand-year kingdom. The first one is in Ezekiel chapters 38 and 39, before the thousand-year kingdom, and it's either before the rapture of the church or right after the rapture of the church. Some even believe it's at the midpoint of the tribulation, at the three-and-a-half-year point. I believe that it's either before or right after the rapture of the church. The main point is that if we see the actors in the wings, we know the play is about to start. These wars of Gog and Magog have never yet been fulfilled in history, but they will be, and the first may be in the staging phase right now. Now, do you know why? Well, the usual reasons. There will be an invasion of the Middle East to put down the unrest there, help the Palestinians, uh, put the Israelites in their place, and on and on and on. But, Guess what? In the last few weeks, Israel has just discovered 
the largest supply of natural gas in the entire world. I believe that that will be a major hook to bring certain nations to invade Israel. Now, if you look at Ezekiel chapter 37 through 39, you'll see in chapter 37, God reforms a totally dead nation. And you know, God did that on May 14, 1948, when the nation Israel was reborn. There's never been a nation in world history that went out of business and didn't exist for two millennium and it came back to life in the place where it was before. Never been done. Totally unique. Well, Israel did that. And you can read about that in Ezekiel chapter 37. But in chapters 38 and 39, we see the first war of Gog and Magog, and is getting Israel ready for the return of Christ, and then the great, wonderful conditions that will be in Israel are described in the remainder of the book of Ezekiel. So let's go to Ezekiel 38, and we're actually going to read Ezekiel 38 and 39. So all of you people who have not been reading your Bible this is your chance to catch up right here. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince. And that word chief prince in Hebrew is Rosh. That sounds a lot like Russia, doesn't it? And did you know that linguistically it's pretty simple to see that the Scythians and the uh, Carpathians, the Caspian Sea people that inhabited eventually Russia, it's easy to see that it's talking about Russia. Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Did you know that Moscow is directly north of Israel? Did you know that? Get out a globe and look. It's as far as you can go in terms of countries north of Israel until you start going south again when you go over the Arctic Circle. You see what I mean? Well, guess what? Russia has a major presence again in the Middle East. They have heavy bombers based right now in Syria. Russia backs Syria. Oh, hang with me here. Verse 3, and say, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince, and there's that idea of Rosh again, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. And it may be that Meshach refers to Moscow and Tubal as Tobolsk, which are obviously cities in Russia. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws. Remember the natural gas deposit that was recently discovered? Putin wants that. I, I, I think he wants it. They have major problems with natural gas. And if you've been paying attention to recent history in the last two or three years, you know what I'm talking about. Now, if you've only been playing video games for the last two or three years, you are cluelessly in the dark. But those who are knowledgeable know what I mean. 
and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws, and I will bring thee forth. So in other words, God brings Gog and Magog against Israel. And I will bring thee forth and all thine army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Now, this may be metaphorical for how well equipped this modern army will be, or things may be at the point that they have to resort to these kind of weapons at that time. We will see. Now, watch this, verse 5. Persia, hey, guess which country that is right now? Iran. Ethiopia, well, we know where that is. And Libya, we know where that is, right? So we're talking about Iran uh, to the uh, east of Israel and then countries like Libya and Ethiopia and so forth in the northern part of the continent of Africa. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all his bands, a house of Togarma of the north quarters. This would be Turkey, the two, the two factions of Turkey there and all his bands, and many people with thee. Be thou prepared, and prepare for thyself, thou and all thy company that are assembled unto thee, and be thou a guard unto them. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword, and is gathered out of many people, against the mountains of Israel, which have been always waste, but it is brought forth out of the nations, and they shall dwell safely, all of them. That last part right there, they shall dwell safely, all of them. Well, Israel certainly has not been dwelling safely lately, have they? But what if a world leader arose that was in charge of the global government, we might call him, oh, I don't know, the Antichrist and the beast, and call him that, and he guarantees the safety of Israel and tries to bring, and in fact does bring, a false peace to the Middle East. So Israel lets their guard down, right? Because things are good now. Well, I believe that either this Gog and Magog, the first one occurs before the rapture, or it occurs right after. I lean to right after, but we'll see, right? So let's go to verse 9. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee, thus saith the Lord God. It shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind and thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take a spoil and to take a prey, to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited, and upon the people that are gathered out of the nations which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Sheba and Dedan, this would be like Saudi Arabia and the 
Arab countries, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, maybe like Spain and the countries beyond Spain possibly. With all the young lions thereof shall say unto thee, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? So notice that they protest, but it's just one of those UN type protests where they blah, 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 but it doesn't stop the invasion of Israel. Verse 14, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? And thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts, thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses, a great company and a mighty army. And thou shalt come up against my people of Israel as a cloud to cover the land. It shall be in the latter days, and I will bring thee against my land. Now notice, this isn't the land of the Jews. I mean, it is, but it's really God's, right? It doesn't belong to the Palestinians, the UN, or any global government. It's God's land, and I will bring thee against my land, that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified, or that means glorified, when I shall be sanctified in thee, O Gog, before their eyes. Now watch this. Thus saith the Lord God, Art thou he of whom I have spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days many years that I would bring thee against them? And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel, so that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beast of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that are upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. And I will call for a sword against him. Who's that? Him, Rosh, Gog and Magog, Turkey, Iran, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya, and everybody who comes with them. And I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. And I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood. And I will rain upon him and upon his bands and upon the many people that are with him an overflowing rain and great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself and I will be known in the eyes of many nations 
and they shall know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 39. I have often thought of this as they regroup and come back, but it may be that it's a second way of describing the same event. But I've always thought that Russia and their forces were beaten back and regathered to try one more time, but maybe it's a one or two time effort. I don't know, but we'll see. But let's read how it's described in Ezekiel 39. Therefore, thou son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Again, chief prince is Rosh, and Meshach and Tubal, linguistically, it is possible to connect them to Moscow and Tobolsk. Some argue that, but I've seen strong arguments for it. Verse 2, And I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee, and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. So whether it's one effort or two in this invasion, Russia and all of their partners in invading Israel will be destroyed so that they only have one-sixth of their forces remaining. Wow. And notice that it is a divine judgment upon them. It is God that brings that judgment against them. And I will turn thee back and leave but the sixth part of thee and will cause thee to come up from the north parts, and will bring thee upon the mountains of Israel. And I will smite thy bow out of thy left hand, and will cause thine arrows to fall out of thy right hand. You know, if you can't hold the bow with your left hand, you can't hold the arrows with your right, you are defenseless. (laughs) This is what God is going to do as a judgment against these invading nations. Verse 4, Thou shalt fall upon the mountains of Israel, thou and all thy bands, and the people that is with thee. I will give thee unto the ravenous birds of every sort, and to the beast of the field, to be devoured. Now that's the ultimate humiliation, that your war dead is left for a time unburied, and the The scavenger birds and the animals of the world feed on those corpses. What a humiliating defeat. Verse 5, Thou shalt fall upon the open field, for I have spoken it, saith the Lord God. And I will send a fire on Magog and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So I would take this maybe to mean that that Russia itself, notice that Russia is no longer the Soviet Union. Do you see what we're talking about here? They're, they're Russia again. Think about this. And I will send a fire on Magog. So it may be that Russia itself will be judged by God. It's land, not just their invading army and among them that dwell carelessly in the isles. Some have seen here 
possibly countries like the United Kingdom, their countries, and America. We're not there and involved in it. And maybe at that time, these countries think that they don't have to do anything and God judges them too. And they shall know that I am the Lord. Verse seven, so will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people, Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name anymore. And the heathens shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Behold, it is come and it is done, saith the Lord God. This is the day whereof I have spoken. And they that dwell in the cities of Israel shall go forth and shall set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and the bucklers, the bows and the arrows and the handstaves and the spears, and they shall burn them with fire seven years. Wow. So that they shall take no wood out of the field, neither cut down any out of the forest. For they shall burn the weapons with fire, and they shall spoil those that spoil them, and rob those that rob them, saith the Lord God. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will give unto Gog a place there of graves in Israel, the valley of the passengers on the east of the sea, and it shall stop the noses of the passengers, and there shall they bury Gog and all his multitude, and they shall call it the valley of Haman Gog. And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, that they may cleanse the land. Folks, this is a massive slaughter of a huge invading army, and God brings divine judgment on them and destroys them. It takes seven years to rid the land of the, of the weapons there, and it takes seven months to bury all of the enemy dead that are left in Israel. Verse 13, Yea, all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown the day that I shall be glorified, saith the Lord God. And they shall sever out men of continual employment, passing through the land to bury with the passengers those that remain upon the face of the earth to cleanse it. After the end of seven months shall they search. And the passengers that pass through the land, when any seeth a man's bone, then shall he set up a sign by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. And also the name of the city shall be Hamanoah. Now let me say that again. Hamonah. Hamonah. Thus shall they cleanse the land. And thou, son of man, thus saith the Lord God, speak unto every feathered fowl and to every beast of the field, Assemble yourselves and come. Gather yourselves on every side to my sacrifice that I do sacrifice for you. 
even a great sacrifice upon the mountains of Israel, that ye may eat flesh and drink blood. Ye shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and of goats, of bullocks, all of them fatlings of Bashan. And ye shall eat fat till ye be full, and drink blood till ye be drunken of my sacrifice, which I have sacrificed for you. Thus ye shall be filled at my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men and with all men of war, saith the Lord God. And I will set my glory among the heathen, and all the heathen shall see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid upon them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day and forward. And the heathen shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they trespassed against me. Therefore hid I my face from them and gave them into the hand of their enemies so fell they all by the sword, according to their uncleanness, and according to their transgressions have I done unto them, and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Now will I bring again the captivity of Jacob, and have mercy upon the whole house of Israel, and will be jealous for my holy name. After that, they have borne their shame and all their trespasses, whereby they have trespassed against me, when they dwelt safely in their land, and none made them afraid. When I have brought them again from the people and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and am sanctified in them in the sight of many nations, then shall they know that I am the Lord their God, which caused them to be led into captivity among the heathen, but I have gathered them under their own land and have left none of them any more there. Neither will I hide my face any more from them, for I have poured out my spirit upon the house of Israel saith the Lord God. So that's the first Gog and Magog war. Here's the second one, and this is after the tribute, uh, excuse me, yeah, after the tribulation, but it's, it's also after the thousand-year kingdom of Christ. This is Revelation 20, verses 1 through 10. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. And I cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set, excuse me, and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up, and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. 
And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. Now let's stop right there. For those who doubt the millennial thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth, six times in those six verses, we just, uh, seven verses we just read, of the seven verses, six times we're told that this kingdom will be a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. Wow! What part of that do people not understand? It's right there. And that's, that's after the tribulation is over. And so we see in verse 7, uh, Satan is let out of this prison, and now we're going to see what happens. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Wow. Did you notice that there's not very much similarity between the Gog and Magog war mentioned first in Ezekiel 38 and 39? It's, it's clearly a different event than we see portrayed here. That's because they happen at two different times, but we see that both times, God wins. <laughs> Amen. That's where we get to say, and I read the end of the book, and we win. Amen. That's great. Well, listen, you are a real champ. You get a gold star for going all the way through this podcast. So here's something for you. Instead of calling 1-800-WARS-R-US, all right, I'm going to give you another phone number to call. Here it is. Call this number, literally, really, 877-247-2426. One more time, 877-247-2426. Now, you see, you will be able to speak with someone at that number. You won't be calling me, but someone will help you with your questions about Jesus Christ, about becoming a Christian, about 
repenting of sin and turning to Christ as your very own Savior and Lord. With Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you can know for certain how your eternity will turn out. Instead of following Satan and the Antichrist and all of their losers and being condemned to an eternal hell, that lake of fire that we just read about, instead, you can follow Jesus Christ starting now and come over to his side and be welcome into heaven and an eternity with him. 877-247-2426. You call that number. If you don't want to call or can't call, go to www.chataboutjesus.com. One more time, that's chataboutjesus.com. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you will hit the uh, follow or subscribe button so you can be notified about the next episodes coming up. And I'm asking you to be a missionary with me and share this episode with people on social media and maybe send an email to your your email groups and let people know they need to hear this message. Thanks for listening. I'll see you again at This Week in the Word at www.dredhill.podbean.com next week if the Lord does not come first. God bless you. Have a great week.